In his inaugural address this last week, President Biden quoted St. Augustine, who said, A people is a multitude defined by the common objects of their love. Or, before the president simplified it for his speech, as Augustine wrote it, a people is an assemblage of reasonable beings bound together by a common agreement as to the objects of their love. This was a moving moment for me, hearing our new president use the power and wisdom of the Catholic intellectual and theological tradition to lay out a vision for the future of America. But I am not sure that even President Biden or his speechwriters understood just how perfect that quote is for this moment in the history of the American people. The quote that President Biden used comes from St. Augustine's book, The City of God, which Augustine wrote following the sack of the city of Rome by the Visigoths in A.D. 410. No foreign enemy had invaded Rome for eight centuries at that point, and her citizens believed that it was impossible for anyone to do so. Compare that to the United States, where we share that belief in our invulnerability. But our capital has only been free of foreign invasion for two centuries now, since the British left after the War of 1812. The sack of Rome looked like the end of the world for an entire civilization. It was a psychologically devastating event. In the aftermath of that historical horror, many Romans laid the blame for this disgrace at the feet of Christianity, which had been legalized only a century before. The pagan gods, these critics argued, had protected and strengthened Rome for centuries, while the legalization and establishment of Christianity within the empire quickly led to defeat and destruction. St. Augustine wrote his book in the midst of this debate as a defense of Christianity and the Christianization of Rome. His central argument was that the rot that led to Rome's destruction came not from Christianity, but from paganism itself. That context should help us understand, then, why the section of the City of God that begins with the quote used by President Biden ends with this quote. Augustine writes, for, in general, the city of the ungodly, which did not obey the command of God that it should offer no sacrifice save to him alone, and which therefore could not give to the soul its proper command over the body, nor to the reason its just authority over the vices, is void of true justice." In other words, a people is a multitude defined by the common objects of their love. So a people that is defined by anything other than the love of the one true God will always be a people devoid of true justice.
Again, I am not sure whether the president or his speechwriters considered the full context of their quote from St. Augustine, but they certainly hit upon a deep and powerful truth, namely, that America is at its best when we share a common worship of the one true God, and our country will fall to destruction when the common objects of our love no longer include God, our Creator. We can never have true justice if we do not love God first. It is for exactly this reason that I was so encouraged by the inauguration itself and the topics of the music and the speeches. As one ABC News commentator said at the end of the ceremonies, this felt more like a religious service than an inauguration. And as another said, I do not remember an inauguration in which God was such a central focus. Good. I pray, perhaps naively, that this was more than a one-time show, and that the centrality of God actually continues in example and action in our public life. If President Biden is going to be successful in his desire to unite and heal, and if our country is going to be successful as a nation that leads not by the example of its power, but by the power of its example, then this must continue. Our first common love as a people must be our love for Almighty God. Now, just as our country is a people, so the Church is also a people, which is why we so often refer to her as the people of God. And the people of God, just like our country, will thrive or atrophy based on the common objects of our love. Just in case there is any doubt, the central and most important object of our love as the Church is Jesus Christ, the God-made man, who united himself to us and saved us from our sins. Unless we are united around our love for him, we will never be a true people, and we will fail as a parish, a diocese, and a universal church. And how is the presence of this beloved Jesus made manifest in our lives? Our faith tells us there are two principal ways. One is the sacraments, with our regular participation in confession and the Eucharist being foremost in our minds. The sacraments, of course, also include the sacrament of holy orders, through which the presence of Jesus is made manifest in the hierarchy and teachings of the Church. The second principal way that Jesus is made present to us in the Bible is made present to us is in the Bible, through which the self-revelation of God is preserved in a special way. If it is our shared love for Jesus that constitutes us as a people, and it is, 
And if Jesus is made present primarily in the sacraments and the scriptures, and he is, then it is our shared love for the sacraments and the scriptures that concretely unites us together as the church. The more we worship together, and the more we pray over the Bible together, the more we truly become the people of God. Unfortunately, ever since the Reformation split over Sola Scriptura, we Catholics have a tendency to overemphasize the sacraments at the expense of the scriptures, which is likely why Pope Francis has instituted this annual celebration of Word of God Sunday. Allow me, then, to finish by providing a few notes that might help us rediscover our shared love of the Bible. First, the more we read the Bible, the more we learn to think with the mind of God. We like to think of Western society as formed by Aristotle and Plato, or by the great Enlightenment thinkers. But the Bible is even more central to the way we think than any of these figures. Every generation, from Jerome to John Paul II, has read the exact same text and been formed by it. It is the one book that we share, not just across cultures, but across generations and eras. Biblical literacy is essential if we want to dialogue and engage with the thinkers who have come before us. And the more our worldview is shaped by the Bible, the more we will be able to bring about a future infused with the Spirit of God. Second, the Bible is the story of God's love for humanity. Religion is not our search for God, but God's search for us and our response to that. Every word, every story of the Bible shows us how God has been working to find us, to call us, and to save us from Eden until now. It is, in a very real sense, God's love letter to his people, ending in the most climactic and effusive expression of love we could ever imagine, our salvation from sin through the cross and the empty tomb. Finally, the Bible keeps us honest. As a church, which continues to be guided and inspired by the Holy Spirit, as a dynamic church, the Bible is the necessary foundation that ensures that the voice we are following is the authentic voice of God and not the voice of the tempter. As individuals, the Bible constantly challenges us to abandon our biases and comforts so that we can worship Almighty God as he truly is, not as we want him to be. If we read the Bible and find nothing in it that is surprising or challenging, then we are not actually reading the Bible. My brothers and sisters in Christ, 
President Biden wisely started his presidency by reflecting on the idea that a people is defined by the common objects of their love. What then are we defined by as Americans and as Catholics? What do we love? If we want true unity, if that desire is more than just words, then as Americans we must unite around our shared love of God, and as Catholics, around Jesus, the sacraments, and the scriptures.